Hi, and welcome back to session three in our study of the purpose, practice, and power of prayer. Now, so far, we've looked at our spiritual armor and our strategy for prayer. That's when I introduced this chart about Aegis in our last session. But in this session, I want to talk about your authority in prayer. Specifically, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? See, most of the time when we pray, whether it's at a meal or in church or a small group or wherever, we finish the prayer by saying, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, what does that mean? To pray in Jesus' name is not just to put a nice little bow on the package. I want to go back to, to Aegis here and explain something. Remember, this, this is a ship. I should have put little waves here. Okay, so he's in the water. And this ship, this battleship, is sailing under a flag. It's sailing under the flag, in this case, of the United States of America. That means that it is sailing in the name of the United States of America. It is coming under the authority of the United States. It is doing business of the United States. It represents the United States. In fact, a military ship at sea is considered a physical extension of its sovereign nation. It is the United States out there on the water. It's coming in the name of the nation that sent it. And wherever it goes, it carries with it the full authority and resource of the USA to back it up. To pray in the name of Jesus is to come under his authority and say, I'm coming because he sent me. I'm praying this way because he has given me the opportunity, the responsibility, the right, and the authority to pray. And so I come in the name of Jesus under his authority. I am sailing into these waters in his name, like that battleship is sailing into dangerous waters in the name of its nation. And that's what it looks like to pray in Jesus' name. We pray against evil in Jesus' name. And listen, we come before the throne of God in Jesus' name. We pray for people we love in the authority of Jesus' name and all that is represented in who Jesus is, just like that ship comes with the full authority and resource of its nation. And that's your authority. Remember, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore, go. He said, pray in my name, touch in my name, speak in my name. We go in the authority he has given us to do his work in the world around us. The Bible uses another kind of word picture to make this point. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. He says, we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, what does an ambassador do? Well, she represents her king. And everywhere she goes, she takes her king's influence with her. She takes with her at her disposal the full authority, influence, values, and the resource of her kingdom. She speaks for her king. And the embassy where she works and lives is the kingdom itself. 
For instance, the American embassy in Germany is the United States. The French embassy in Japan is France. And in the same way, you take the kingdom of God with you wherever you go because you are His ambassador. You have been called by our King to partner with Him in extending the influence of His kingdom and to accomplish the purposes of heaven on earth. Our King invites you to change the world with Him. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're praying in His authority as His representative in the situation. Being a kingdom person is not just about eternal life there and then, it's about kingdom life here and now. As long as you are engaged in spiritual work, you will be engaged in spiritual warfare. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts for the work of the Spirit and spiritual armor for the warfare of the Spirit. So we've been given gifts, armor, a commission, and authority. And to go further in our understanding of our spiritual authority in prayer, I want to look at a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to look at it in a way that might surprise you. Jesus said in John 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that you also may be where I am. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So where is this place He has prepared for us? Jesus says it's with Him. So where is Jesus right now? The answer to that question will shape the way you see your life and it will empower your prayer life. For years, I thought the place Jesus went to prepare for us was our home in heaven after we die, the mansion over the hilltop like the old hymn talked about. And though that is true for our future, in the meantime, there is another more immediate place He has prepared for us. It is a place that we occupy right now. It is our position of authority in prayer. That place is described in Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. The Bible says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and, look, and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Don't miss this. Not only, look at that, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. I'm going to read it backwards. Not only in the age to come, but in the present age. He says, I want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened so you can see this. And God placed, he says, all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And 
chapter 2, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him. Seated us, past tense. It's already done. Seated us with Him in the present age, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you only see the place Jesus is preparing for you as the home in heaven after you die, then you will see Jesus as way off someplace in another dimension in heaven, just beyond earshot, just beyond arm's reach, waiting for you to arrive, and your prayers will seem like the desperate cries of a drowning man hoping to catch the attention of a passing ship. But when you begin to understand the truth of this passage in Ephesians, it will change your perspective on where and how you stand right now in the present age, and it will shape your understanding of your authority in Christ and your power in prayer. So let me camp out on this for a minute. Where is Jesus right now? Ephesians 1.20 says, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But Ephesians 2.6 says, we are seated with Him and in Him right now at the right hand of the Father. Right now, not someday later, but now, today, this very moment. Not only in the age to come, but also in the present age in which we wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this age, as chapter 6 talks about in Ephesians. Are you with me? Colossians 3 says, since then, since then, catch that, since then, already happened, you have been raised with Christ. Well, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. There's that phrase again, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So where is Christ now? At the right hand of the Father. You say, but wait a minute. How can I be seated there when I am most definitely still standing here on the earth? Which one is true? We have to reconcile these two because neither one of them is make-believe, but they are both equally true. You are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father not in a physical sense. My physical body is still on the earth. And nor is it strictly in a spiritual sense, but rather you are seated in Christ in an authoritative or a legal sense. In fact, the Greek word for seated in this verse has a dual meaning. It means both to make something sit down and it also means to appoint or confer authority on someone. It's the way you might say a judge is seated on the bench. In other words, he occupies a place of authority and he rules as a sitting judge. And he is still the sitting judge, whether he's in the courtroom or on the golf course. He is the sitting judge. Or you could say it's like having a seat on the New York Stock Exchange. You are established in a place of authority. Or we might say a sitting president. 
That doesn't mean he's always seated in the Oval Office, but he is the sitting president or a legislator is seated in the government. She occupies and rules from a seat of government. It doesn't mean she's physically seated in a chair. It's referring to her authority, not her physical location. In the same way, you are seated in Christ as an ambassador is seated in his king's government. You are established in a position of authority from which you pray. To be seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father means that you currently occupy a position of favor with God. That's what the right hand is about in Scripture. It's about His favor. Let me give you an example from my own life. It's kind of getting close to this. My first job out of college, I was, it's going to sound real impressive, but don't be impressed. I'm just trying to make a point here. My first job out of college, I was the director of constituent services for the lieutenant governor of California. Now, what that meant was I took care of people on his behalf. I did it in his name. I represented him. I could gather people in his name. I stood up for his interests. And I had authority to make decisions, not a lot of them, but I had authority to make decisions in his name. I was not the lieutenant governor, but I was seated in his office as his representative to function in his name. In the same way, because you are in Christ, when you pray, you pray in the authority of Jesus himself and from the vantage point of being seated in him at the right hand of the Father, the place he's prepared for us. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. The place he has prepared for us is not just a mansion in the sweet by and by. That gives me hope for heaven, but it doesn't equip me for the here and now to be his ambassador. The place Jesus has gone to prepare for us is also our seat with him, in him, at the right hand of the Father, right now in the present age. And it is from that position of favor that we wage spiritual war. Look again at John 14, 6. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And this is not only true of the way of salvation, it is also true of the way of prayer. No one can come to the Father in prayer except through Jesus. Jesus, having died in our place, having been raised in glory, having ascended to the Father, has even now prepared a place for you at the right hand of the Father. And from that place, that position of, the, of authority, you intercede. It is not from earth to somewhere up in the sky. It's from a position of authority and privilege and favor already seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. This is living in, in two dimensions. Though physically we are standing on earth, spiritually and authoritatively we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. So write this down. The responsibility to pray is ours because we are standing on the earth. The authority to pray is ours because we are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And that's why it's crucial for them to be a man or woman of the word. It's critical for us to be people of the word of God. 
It is the Word of God that teaches us how to pray according to the will of God. It is the Word of Christ that teaches us how to pray with the mind of Christ. So when you pray in Jesus' name, you pray in the authority and with the authority of all that is in His name, which is above every name. We pray in the authority of His name because we are in Christ. And we know it is through His name that we have access to the Father. Hebrews 4.16 says, you come boldly to the throne of grace. Jesus said, ask anything in my name. So we pray in the authority of His name. We pray with the authority of His name, just like a, a, a police officer says, stop in the name of the law. It's not the police officer who's stopping traffic. It's the authority of the law behind him that causes traffic to stop. The officer speaks with authority, speaks on behalf of the law. And because we pray from this position in Christ, at the right hand of the Father, Jesus teaches us to pray, first and foremost, thy kingdom, rulership, thy kingdom come, and thy will, your way and wisdom, be done on earth where I stand, just as it is in heaven where I am seated in Christ. J.A. McMillan said, authoritative intercessors are men and women whose eyes have been opened to the knowledge of their place in Christ. That's why Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. If you want to be an authoritative intercessor, then you must walk in an increasing understanding of your position and authority in Christ. We're seated in Christ in the present age, not just the one to come. It is a present position of authority. To believe less is to dishonor the Word of God. This is not something to be afraid of or shy away from. It is a truth to grow into. It takes sound-mindedness, and it takes faith. We have the responsibility to intercede because we stand on the earth, and we have the authority to intercede because we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you, that where He is, you may be also seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, given that truth, and with a growing understanding of your authority, pray. Every time you pray, see yourself as taking your position of authority in Christ at the right hand of the throne of God. Not as some desperate, distant, hopeless voice, but as seated in the very presence and authority and favor of God Himself. Let that be your mindset as you pray. Read Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 every day and let these truths steep into your soul and let them embolden you to pray with confidence. I hope you have a really rich discussion time with your group and I'll see you in our next session.